I guess really this is the first podcast with us. This is uh, Alumna from Alumna Acres, Ben Holler from Holler Homestead, and myself, Jason from So the Land. And uh, yeah, the, today's podcast, I don't, I don't know, it's, it's going to be a podcast that we're just going to talk about um, what we did this week, and then also what we have coming up, maybe in the works, or some just different plans, and we're just going to talk about it, and just talk and shop. Anyone want to go first, or should I? I'll let you go first, Jason. Okay. All right, I'll go first. Now, I did not remember. I had to sit down this morning, drinking my coffee, and, and think about what I did this week. <laughs> it's funny when you you do all this stuff, but you don't remember it. Like, I don't know where it. We film it, too, and I don't remember what I filmed. <laughs> okay, so this week, we finally broke ground on a pumpkin patch where you know we grow out of uh, we've been growing out of raised garden beds that's because our ground is so bad here and we really like raised garden beds i really like the way they look uh but you know we have more space out there and we really want to grow more food for well for us and also our animals uh, so we figured, let's grow a bunch of pumpkins. You know, I really, I don't know why, something about pumpkins, I really like growing them. Uh, watermelon too, zucchini, all those squashes. Like, and I, and I like the idea of just planting the seed and just forgetting about it. Don't weed it. Just let it go. <laughs> just let it go to town and I don't have to worry about it, hopefully. Uh, so we finally tilled up some a spot and... I ended up buying some soil um, from, I had to drive over an hour away to get the soil. And I ended up getting, uh, going to uh, Dirtcraft Organics, it's called. Because after buying that, I bought some bad soil. Not, well, yeah, it was bad, but Ben knows. Um, oh, yeah. From the local mulch yard. And we put it in our raised beds, and uh, nothing's growing. It's not very good. Yeah. So I went to our friends over there at Dirtcraft Organics, and they they have some one of the best soils. But you know, it is a little bit expensive. But I mean, this is what we do, right? Like I go back and forth on buying expensive stuff like that because I'm like I don't really want to spend that much money on it. It's same thing with feed. You know, like organic feed. But this is what we do. This is what, you know, this is why we're here for, to grow good food. So I go back and forth on that, but I broke down and bought two totes. I guess. Yep. The way oh, I look at that, because I, I, I do the same thing with buying an expensive feed and expensive, you know, amendments and stuff. But the way I look at it is, is we get the support all the people that are doing like what we're doing. Yeah, that's so true. That's kind of, I don't know. That's kind of what I try to focus on when it comes down to like, hey, I want to be able to support those people so they can keep doing what we're doing so we can maybe get this movement going even bigger. Yeah, that's true like that. because, yeah. I mean, I know these people too. Like they're, you know, they're our friends and I've known them since we moved out here and uh, they started this company a few years ago. And they grow great soil, they, you know, so yeah. And it's supporting them in some way. So yeah, so I went and got the soil. It's cheaper if I go pick it up, but I still had to drive like an hour to get there. But- uh, Did you take the mini we, truck? I wish. <laughs> I, I, w <laughs> I would have for sure if I didn't have to drive that far. Um, but yeah, and uh, we planted, we planted uh, a bunch of pumpkins. Uh, I think it's uh, 60 feet long, six 60 foot long rows uh, in ground pumpkins. But the spot where we planted them at used to be a horse arena. So it's it's our flattest spot in the land, but it's also a spot that doesn't really grow like even grass, really. It's kind of just a bunch of dirt. Um, 
So my concern is that nothing's going to grow, not even pumpkins. I mean, I brought in that good soil, but I feel like it's compacted. Yes. Even though I, we ran our three feeder pigs on this spot, uh, and I moved them around on that whole spot. Um, and then also, I, you know, did chickens. We had our, our two steers on that spot also moving around. Um, but it's, it's very compacted. So my concern is that nothing's going to grow. But well, I got a we'll question. See. I don't know if Ben will have an answer. What is it? Rutabagas that like grow deep and would help. Like if you wonder if your pumpkins didn't do good, if come fall, if you plant, I think it's like, is it rutabagas or some like root crop that like goes radishes. deep and would help break that up for next year. Mm. Yep. Yep. And that might be an option too. Yeah. If these pumpkins don't turn out well, then I might do that. But I mean, the, I borrowed my neighbor's tractor and just went to town, just going back and forth, just tilling it all up as best I could. And it got pretty um, soft. Still, there's no like life in it, you know? It's just <laughs> compacted clay, dry dirt. Um, so I'm hoping that this soil I brought in helped, helped some. So when we planted it, and so, so yeah, so we did that. Um, that's something I've been wanting to do for a while. And then, uh, what else did we do? Oh, I put out, uh, a, so DR Power gave me a brush um, mower, a push brush mower, a but, brush mower? Bush mower. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like a, a push lawnmower on steroids. I'm sure you guys, you guys Ben saw it. Um, I watched yeah, the video. Gnarly. Oh, did you? I saw it. Yes, it's yeah. it works. It works good. It works really good. I was surprised. I didn't think it was gonna be that big when I first saw it, but it it actually works really good. Um, and I but I recorded that video like two weeks ago, two two weeks ago, and it took him like two weeks to approve the video. Um, oh, wow. because it was, it was a sponsored video and that's one of my biggest gripes about doing a sponsored video is, <laughs> is they want to approve it, you know, and it, it could take them forever to approve this thing. And that, that's, what's hard about it. But I mean, you know, I can't complain because they give you a mower and you know they they paid me to do it to do the sponsor video also so it's like i'm not complaining but you know i don't do too many of those sponsor videos because they they require you know they want to see it and then it takes them forever i don't know well, if you, you guys... put in the contract they have two days yeah. give like a two-day turnaround to approve it that's a good idea. Most of the ones that we do, that's what we do. We give them like a two-day. They have like two days yeah. to approve it, and they they get one one revision. Mm. I actually got a question about that. Have so you tangled had... that thing up in a fence yet? Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. Not but yet. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure it'll happen. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Ben, if you ever want to borrow it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I like it. But um, but yeah, you know, it took a while for it, for them to approve it. But uh, but what I like about it too, it, it has, you can buy different attachments to it. Um, it. It wants to be a BCS, but it's not a BCS. Yep. You know, like if they had a tiller attachment, it would be cool. Um, or just like a BCS, like why why not just make it into a BCS? Um, because you could do a wood chipper, you could buy a wood chipper for it, a snow blower. Um, I forget what else. Hey, do you think a snow blower would or throw wood chippers? Bar mower? Yeah, I might know. <laughs> I think it depends on the snow blower itself and how sensitive it is to because some of them have shear pins. 
And then the one we have on our tool cat is like, it's come up with like a pressure release valve. Like even if we get like a little tiny stone, that snowblower will bind up and just shut off sometimes. Mm. So it's got like, must have like a hydraulic pressure switch or something, which is kind of a pain. I just wanted you to make something. I, I was looking at that, that, that piece of equipment <laughs> and I saw it had a snowblower. It's like, we don't get snow down here hardly ever. I wonder if you could throw wood chips with one of those. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> right? Yeah, it would. That would be awesome. <clears throat> um, so what else? Um, well, we put out our turkey. So... An so they need to make an attachment for it so it can like spin your compost pile or turn it. They need something. They need to work with a homesteader. They need to work with a homesteader, like a homestead uh, package. DR homestead, <laughs> homestead package. <laughs> Last year we lost half our turkeys. The first few weeks. This year we lost half our turkeys again. So we started with fifteen. Now we have like eight. Uh, I thought it was our brooder. Maybe I was like, ah, you know, they're they're probably in the brooder for too long or something. So I took them out of our brooder and I put them on grass. They seem to do better, but we still lost a few. And it's when they get that, um, their their legs start to get, like, curled up. Like, they can't use them. Like, they're limp. They get limpy. Yep. Uh, and then it seems like once they get limpy, then, like, three days after that, they die. I mean, I'm giving them, you know, turkey starter feed. I mean, I'm giving them organic feed. Uh, this happened... I, I raised two different types of turkeys. Last year I raised the bronze-breasted turkeys, and this year is the um, just the white white turkeys. Uh, and same thing. I don't know what it is, but um, I'm beginning to think turkeys are just delicate creatures. Um, I think Joel Salatin raises his with his meat birds for a while because he said they're dumb. And the chickens have got to train them so they know how to eat and drink. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, yeah you know, and then you hear people, you're time. not supposed to raise turkeys with chickens. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. That's an ongoing uh, thing with the turkeys. They seem to be doing fine now. Uh, it seems like once they get a certain age, then they're pretty hardy, uh, just because they're giant birds. How old are the cooney cooney piglets now that you have? How old are they? Yeah. They they are two months, three months. Three months. Three months old. Yeah, they're getting they're getting a little big. You can tell. Yeah. <laughs> they look like big old big old burritos. Um, <laughs> big old burritos. <laughs> yeah, we we have four of them now. Uh, we sold three of them, and we kept four. And those are going to be our meat pigs. I'm hoping they, they turn out good. I mean, I'm hoping... Because uh, I, I like raising them. They're so easy. They're so easy. They're unbelievably easy. Um, I I could probably train them to follow me. I, mean, I probably don't even have to put them in a netting. <laughs> but, but I still don't trust them. I don't trust, I don't trust pigs. Um... <laughs> So I've been trying to install this bumper on my Suzuki, on my little mini truck. I ordered a bumper for the back and uh, it came. I mean, it's a pretty solid heavy duty bumper. Uh, and, uh, but the way you install it, you ha I have to take off the license plate and I have to take out the spare tire that's underneath because in order to you if i needed to take out the spare tire i couldn't take it out because the bumper's in the way and then the bumper is in the way of the license plate because these mini trucks they're not meant for bumpers like that's not how <laughs> like there's not a bumper on it uh, and that's how they are, but they make these aftermarket, you know, I found a company that makes these aftermarket bumpers. Uh, so I was like, you didn't tell me this when I, I even called them up and asked them these questions and they're like, no, 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 that should be fine. And 
I called him back up and I was like, look, I don't, I, ha- I have to take out my spare tire. Like, I don't want to take out my spare tire and put it somewhere else. Um, so then they, ca- they said, oh, we just came out with a new bumper. A bumper that you don't you don't have to take out your license plate or your spare tire, so I'm gonna I'm ending up uh, switching them uh, bumpers for for their new bumper. So we'll we'll wait and see till I get it, but I'm planning on doing a video about it. Um, people people like the the mini truck videos. I'm finding. Um, which is cool. Don't you have one, Al? Did you, did did I see a video? Did you get? Did you guys get one? We got one. We gotta do some work to it. it needs a carburetor okay. and a couple other things. It's, it's Is it a dump from, truck? It's yep. So it's a Dahatsu two-wheel drive. It was sold originally in New Hampshire to a campground in Maine. So it's got the steering wheel on the left-hand side like a normal vehicle, but it's not four-wheel drive. We got a dump bed, but not. But just two-wheel drive. Okay. I think it's like an '89 Dahatsu or something like that, and it's carbureted. So we're gonna get a carburetor for it. Did you? Did you use it before? To drive around. Well, yeah, we used it all last summer, and then right before we moved, it died on me. And we before that, I was having issues with the carburetor, so I know it's, it's got to be the carburetor, but I just haven't taking the time to buy one yet yeah yeah they're super fun um so yeah i mean that's i think that's basically what i did this week around here um i wrote my first article for a magazine have you ever guys read an article before um the homestead living magazine that's the first article I wrote. It hasn't came out yet. Um, What's the topic? Uh, building a, a building a chick, building a chicken tractor. I wanted to say no to that when they asked, because I'm like this sounded so daunting to me, <laughs> you know, to write something like that. Because you're like, oh, I don't want to write anything, uh, but for whatever reason because they're like it's got to be two pages and I was like uh, you know I just didn't want to do that but for whatever reason I was like okay I'll do it you know sometimes I feel like if I don't feel like doing something maybe I should maybe I should do that you know <laughs> I don't know like if it's something I really don't want to do only because like I had it, it doesn't sound interesting to me but I'm like yeah that might be f-. but then deep down I'm like I probably should do that, you know, if anything, just to do it, just to say I wrote an article before. Um, Do you have to give them photos and everything, or is it just all written? No, I had to give them photos too. See, I mean, that's, I've had other people, other magazines, I've turned down some other stuff too, but only because it's like, you know, these magazines, these online magazines, I'm not, you know, this is nothing against all these magazines, but sometimes these magazines will ask you, they have their own magazine, but they want you to write the whole thing. And I'm like, and they want you to give them pictures. (laughs) I mean, that seems like standard nowadays. Uh, But my thing is like... I don't have time. I'm like, I don't want to write. Like, it's your magazine. How come you don't write it? <laughs> you know? Like, let's let's do the, let's do uh let's do this. Let's do a, a a Zoom call or something, and then you just write down my my answers, and then you <laughs> you just write it. <laughs> All right. Jason's like, I'm a video guy. I'm not a right typewriter guy. Right. I'll film it, but <laughs> I'm like, this is your magazine. Why am I writing it? <laughs> so yeah, so that's what I did. And then for what I have coming up, I'm working on a rainwater collection system. 
Um, I plan on making it movable. Something for our, our pumpkin garden that we just that we just planted. So I'm trying to figure that out and making something maybe from a 55 gallon barrel, um, something to collect rain because we don't have water access to where it's at. I mean, I could run a bunch of hoses to it maybe, or, you know, haul buckets, but there's not a water hydrant over there. So, and if it doesn't rain for a while, you know, we, we need to water it. Um, that and a lean-to shed, I'm working, I'm, I want to get a uh, rain collection going on top of our, our hill so we can have water on the top. So that's what I'm hoping to do. That one is going to be a, a while, but at least the movable rain collection I want to do this week, hopefully. Water is uh, important on a homestead, that's for sure. Yeah, I know. It's one of those things you probably should have done. You should probably should do that first before you do anything else. But... Yep. Huh. It's boring. I, don't, I think it's hard too, though, because there's so many different ways to collect water. You kind of gotta watch and see. I guess other than rainwater, if there's like a seep or something you can collect, or some way you can make a spring and then gravity feed it. So sometimes you have to watch your land and figure that out, and that all takes right. time. It is, yeah. It is hard thing about homesteading. If it's permanent, you know. Like, I want to build a lean-to shed, but then when you first move on it, you're, you don't know where you're going to put that lean-to shed. You know, you want to, I want to collect, collect some rainwater, or even, like, a pond. Like, I'd love to build a pond, but it's like, I feel like I haven't lived here long enough to really say that's where I want it, you know? Yep. Uh, so, you're just going to have to haul some buckets. <laughs> what were you saying, Ben? That one time, what are those? 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 What are they? Yokes? You need to get a yoke. Get a yoke that so you, you can carry two hang, buckets at a time. Hang the, hang the buckets on. You know, old school, like it just. <laughs> yep. That'd be awesome. We can bring that back. <laughs> we can make them and sell them. Yeah, holler homestead yokes. <laughs> so yeah that's all i have what have you been working on this week ben you know what i think i'm at a point right now there's a whole bunch of projects that need to get done but none of them are going to get done for a while um it's just all about the maintenance everything we've been working on has just been maintenance garden maintenance maintenance of either machines or just various things that have broken uh there's been yeah it's a whole bunch of maintenance right now we've been pulling weeds for like four days uh we had four or five days of rain last week and so we were kind of cooped up um and so now that it's done raining to get everything done you know the weeds have grown two feet because of all that rain so in the meantime, I think we've got out there, we've harvested, we harvested a mess of garlic. I think we, we probably got 50 pounds of garlic. It was a bunch of garlic. Um, what else? We harvested something else. I don't remember what else we harvested. It's, it's been a interesting, I feel like the past probably month, it's been just a whirlwind. We've had family come out, two different sets of family come out and visit and so like I, I feel like my my past month and a half is just a blur i don't even remember what i worked on last week <laughs> unless i write it down or i'll have to get on youtube and check out my videos and see what we worked on because everything's been such a blur there's been so much going on but yeah a lot of harvesting a lot of a lot of fun stuff like that i've i've really been spending a lot of time in the garden um just just maintenance just stuff like that um i think we have a whole bunch How's of the potatoes garlic we get, uh, the garlic so we set that up in the barn uh we have meg has a whole bunch of uh soap drying racks that 
you know, she's not making soap right now. And so we're just using these racks. They're great. They're perforated. They work great for drying soap, but they also work really good for drying vegetables. And so we put all the garlic on that and set up some fans and the fans are blowing over all these soap trays that are full of garlic now. And we're just letting them cure and do their thing. And then we'll figure out a place to store them either in here, or, uh, elsewhere. Uh, we're kind of getting to the point where I'm going to have to start building like some sort of structure. Like I need a root cellar. I, I think that's where we're at. <laughs> I'm to the point we need a root cellar. Right. You know, all the boys like to dig holes and I'm just about ready to get a can of marking paint and mark out a big square and say, <laughs> dig right here and just let them go to town. <laughs> can you put one in your dugout area or is that too far away from the house? It's well, it's pretty far away from the house, but the uh, the dugout is right, maybe like three feet above the water table, and so anything we put in there just gets soggy. Because we've talked about it, it's like, man, wouldn't it be cool to just like dig into the side of that hill? Uh, the property line is pretty far back from there, so like we could we could dig, you know, plenty deep in that hillside and put something in there, but. Uh, water seeps out of the hillside especially when we're getting a lot of rain and i i don't know if it would be the best thing for root cellaring i think it's a little too wet and it's too low on the property but yeah we've talked about it yep i imagine here before too long we're gonna figure out some place we can dig a hole and put a root cellar in because we need it i met a family or this couple not too far from me and I went to go visit them. They just moved onto a property, and the property they bought had two root cellars, but it was a shipping container dug and like put inside the side of the mountain. Like they kind of live on the side of a mountain almost, and it's it's a one of the shorty um, shipping containers, and not not the huge long ones. Uh, and they just put it right. It wasn't them, but it was the previous owner put it right inside of the mountain. And so that way the doors are outside here. And so you, they opened the doors, there was electricity in it. They had their fridges in it. I mean, you could walk in this thing. I mean, they, they still work. Like it, it's, they used it for um, their root cellar and they put their uh, freezers cool. in there. It was interesting. I was like, I've never seen this before. Like I've heard of people doing this, but I've never seen it. But uh, they had some reinforcements in there because of the dirt. Mm-hmm. So they had kind of like a, a frame almost inside. It was just made out of wood, but it looked like it was pretty sturdy. Uh, so it's, I thought that was kind of interesting. That that would be cool to, to make something like that. That would be pretty cool. You can hang a lot of hams in there. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Al, how I'll about you? What you got going on? So we have quite a few different projects. We're trying to build a workshop. So we're trying to, we had to clear an area for that so we can get the workshop in. You guys, well, you guys probably get the cold winter, but up here when we're, it's winter time, we need a place to work. So we need to have a workshop for that. But a heated workshop? Go, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do, so we did radiant heat in the house we have now and that is nice so we're going to do radiant heat in the slab we're just going to do a um, we call them an, like an alaskan floating slab so the slab will be 40 by 40 the center of the slab will be six inches thick and then like the foot the last foot on the outside of all of it the perimeter will be like 10 to 12 inches thick and that'll be like the float the floating footer and then we put foam board down on the center and then we'll put some PEX piping in there and then we'll get to figure out how we're going to heat it. So we'll have a nice heated floor, hopefully to keep everything dried out and nice and warm to work on. Did you build your house? We did. So there's another guy right. in our area, Ken's Carpentry. He has a YouTube channel. He did, builds garages. So we get together with him and we built, he helped us do, we, me and him poured the slab me and Gina had did all the work, dirt work for the slab before that, and then him and his guys came out, helped us pour the concrete, and then him and his guys helped us frame up the house, and then me and Gina have done the rest. The big part was we put our own septic system in. That took 
a lot of dirt. That was not fun. Really? But, yeah. Wow. Yeah, in our area, you can you got to have the septic plans designed by an engineer, and then you got to have them certified by the state. But then you can install it yourself. You just got to get it signed off by the person who designed the septic system. Mm. So we did all that, and we saved saved a lot of money doing it that way. We try to do as much as we can ourselves, just because you save at least half. It seems like of what it would cost to hire somebody to do it. I mean, something like a septic. It seems so like above like <laughs> like i guess it's doable i mean but it's not much to it it's mostly you got your septic tank that everything goes into and then the septic tank itself the inlet pipe comes in you know your dirty water your gray water and then the outlet pipe is a little bit lower and then you just got to have your outlet pipe going down to your leach field and then the leach field that you got to have the grade set and everything. But when you get your plans drawn up, they tell you all that stuff. So you just kind of set it to what they do. You just make a big sandbox and put your pipes in. Wow. And then fill it up and it took a lot of sand. So did you always like, I mean, did you, do you know how to build a house? Like, like, is that your background? Like what, like what was your, no, it wasn't. Nope. Okay. So my, no, nope, my dad had a body shop growing up. So we worked on cars. We didn't do mechanical work, really, but we worked on fixing cars up. And then he always did all of his own work at the house. So we just kind of grew up watching him do work around the house. My grandfather was a carpenter, but we never really did anything with him. And I just kind of, I'm a visual guy. I, don't, I can read, but I don't really like comprehend. But if I watch something or watch somebody do something, I can kind of pick it up pretty quick. So it's kind of, the first house we bought was considered not livable. We paid $60,000 for it. It was on three and a half acres. So that was kind of how I learned how to do everything. The house was pretty much probably should have been torn down. So we couldn't have hurt it. We just made it better. <laughs> no, right. So it's kind of like, you know, you learn as you go. And if you get a house that's that bad, you don't have to worry about making it any worse, right? <laughs> No, that's a definitely a good way to learn. That's learn true. something. Get a fixer-upper. When we went to the bank to buy that house, or when I went to the bank to get our first mortgage, I told them, I said, hey, I want to get a bank loan for $60,000. Can I get pre-approved? And they were like, you ain't got to find a house for 60000 Let us pre-approve you for what we think you can afford. I said, I don't want to know what you think I can afford. I, if I can, <laughs> like, will you approve me for sixty? And they just kind of like looked at me like, you're not going to find nothing. I'm like, if I can't find something for that much, I don't want to have this huge mortgage. I'd rather have a fix-me-upper that I can fix up. I know I can afford the mortgage. When I have extra money, I'll fix it up. And if I don't have the extra money, I won't fix it up for a while instead of having a big mortgage payment. So that's kind of how we went on that one. We fixed that house up, learned a lot on that. The cool part is I still have a lot of the tools that I bought when we did that project, or did that house, I should say. Every time we did a project, I'd probably buy a new tool so a lot of those tools yeah. we still use all the time, but definitely yeah. learned a lot on that one. Now I'm a big, uh, like finding, having the right tool for the right job, man, it helps so much, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you definitely learned that. Gives as me you... a hard time I, my father-in-law gives me a hard time because I got all the tools. And I say, the way I look at it is if I'm doing a project I can afford to buy one tool per project, basically, especially if it's a bigger one. And then you always have it, and it does. It saves a ton of time, and you can usually do a job better. So I just figure it in, like, okay, if I can afford to do this project, I can add in 100 bucks or 200 bucks for the new drill or whatever you need at the time. And then next time you go and do it, you have it. So. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Like even uh, I, I did a project for uh, I bought a framing nailer, like a the Dewalt battery one. Um, yep. And I bought it specifically for that project because I was framing a wall, and I was like, I got it. I can't be. I'm not gonna hammer in nails. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, it was so much faster. And, and now I, I still have it, you know, I still have that tool. I, I don't use it as much, but I have it. 
makes it more enjoyable too, I think. But yeah. Could you imagine building a house with hand nails and a hammer? Mm-mm. No way. That, I mean, that's how they built my 90-foot barn, though. It's all nailed. Right. <laughs> yep. The first house we had had all plaster and lav in it, and all those little lav strips had, like, two little tiny nails in them that were hand-nailed. So they'd have to go around, nail all the two-bys up, and then nail up those little lav strips, and then put the horsehair la plaster up. Wow. I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Wow. Um... <clears throat> So are you, you have two different properties? Is that what it is? Is that what I see in your channel or no? Kind of. <laughs> kind of? Because you're doing kind some off-grid stuff, aren't you? So we're living at the off-grid property. We have some okay. other stuff in the work for our other homestead. So we're, gotcha. we have some stuff up and coming for the old place, so. Yep. Nice. Okay. Yeah, so we're living up at the off-grid property, building as we go, and that's where we're building the new workshop. So. Oh, cool. And then we're kicking around. What do you the plan on doing in the barn? What do you plan on doing with the workshop? Just, uh, just for your tools and stuff. Yeah. Tools. We'll do. We'll have. We'll do woodworking. I might put a mechanical, like a car lift in. But our daughter wants to build car or re restore a car a little bit for her first car so nice i think that might be a winter project because i figure she's getting older now she's not going to be wanting to work with dad as much as she used to so might as well take advantage of that how old is she it's got to be 15. oh okay yeah yeah gonna be, uh, she's gonna be 12. she's gonna be 12. okay yeah okay you just have the one, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. That's two. How old's your oldest boys been? The uh, the twins, gosh, they're 16. Uh, the middle one is, he just turned 14. The youngest boy is 11. And then the baby's going to be three in August. Yeah. I got a, I got a grip of kids. Yep. You do. <laughs> They're all going to be driving soon. <laughs> right. When can you guys get your license, the kids get their licenses down there? So they can actually get them at 14 and a half. They can get their permit at 14 and a half. Um, COVID kind of made a wait list for a lot of that stuff. And so we've been, we've been trying to get them to get their licenses for months. Uh, and then the way they do things in wow. North Carolina are just kind of ridiculous. So it's just been a big hassle and there's like <laughs> waiting lists and stuff like that. So eventually they'll get their licenses, but it's just a big waiting game. Yeah. Bummer. They're probably chomping at the bit wanting to get their licenses, I would think. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I was... Yeah. And I ended up not getting my license until I was 17. It just that was the way it worked out. Um, I don't know. I don't think they care. They don't have anywhere to go. Uh, no. They've kind of talked about they they kind of probably because they're not they want to get jobs and stuff like that. And so with that, you know, I keep telling them it's like just enjoy it. Like life is getting ready to get really crazy <laughs> in the next few years. Like, I remember, like, from 16 to 20, that was, like, the most busy my life ever was. Besides now. Yep. Yeah. Besides now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it was from, I was, like, the first one to drive out of all my friends. Uh, it was, like, my... Because my, my birthday's in December. So I was like the oldest out of everybody. So, you know, and then, I, you know, you just go to a public school. So it's like, you want to drive, you want to drive to school, you know, if anything, you know, didn't have a job, but you wanted to, that's why you wanted a license so you could drive into school <laughs> and drive all your friends <laughs> to school when they just live down the street, you know, 
from from the school. <laughs> yep. Now, are you from New Hampshire? No, I'm Al? from Massachusetts. I grew up. Oh, okay. I grew up in Mass, probably about 15 minutes from the Patriot Stadium. Oh, okay. We were like 20 minutes. I grew up like 20 minutes from Providence and 20 minutes from Boston. It was like right in between. So why did you pick where you're at now? Is there a reason? So the high school I went to was a county high school. So we went to, I went to high school with kids from all over the state of Mass. And I had some friends that had a camp in up where, where I am now, but we live now. We used to go there in high school. My parents were getting a divorce and... I always wanted to kind of leave, and I said, this is the time to do it. When my parents are getting a divorce and dealing with all that messy stuff, I just graduated high school. So jumped in my pickup truck, went up, found a job at a snow machine dealership, went back, because I worked for my dad at the time, said, hey, pops, I got a job. I start next week. I'm moving up north. So it was like a week or two after that, I moved up here and stayed up here. I'm trying to think. That must have been 2002 when I moved up here. I was... 19, 20. So I moved up here, fell in love with the country life and just kicking back and not having it as hustle and bustle as, I don't know, it wasn't the city that we lived in, but it was suburbia. You know, it was, yeah. like I said, 20 minutes from Boston, 20 minutes from Boston, so it was pretty busy. Um, when we grew up there, it wasn't bad. There was a mall that went in when we were a kid, and then after that, once the mall came, it changed the area. So... Then I met Gina, and that's kind of like the rest of the story. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I never, I never been up that way. Have you been up that way, Ben? Did you guys go up there on your travels? Oh yeah, we uh, we kind of did a loop. We just followed the uh, the Great Lakes all the way up, up into Maine. Um, I didn't really, I don't think I'd even heard of Alumna when we came through New Hampshire. And it was like, as we left New Hampshire, people are like, you should hit up Al. I was like, too late now, but that's all right. Here we are. Who's what, Al? What part of New Hampshire did you go through? What was that? I'm trying to think of what we did in New what Hampshire. What part of New Hampshire was it that you guys missed? I would have to look at our map, honestly. I don't remember. Uh, it was, uh, I, I want to say we did Vermont and New Hampshire in like two days. Like we just drove straight through. We were headed to yep. Acadia. So, I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember yeah. if we stopped and did anything in New Hampshire at all. Meg would know. I think we stopped for yarn. She found a yarn shop, and we had to stop and get yarn. I think that's about all we did okay. in New Hampshire. Did you guys see the sunrise or sunset in Arcadia, Maine? No. No. I, I don't remember no. what was going on. We were in a hurry. I think... What did we do up there? I don't know. That was like... Uh, feels like we were just on the road and here it is it's already been like four years uh it's gone by really fast yep i'm glad we documented our trip because there's a lot of it that i don't remember that's cool though it is uh we had realized, talked about doing that we realized initially. how big this country is oh no we had we had talked about doing that initially before we made the move but i felt like because i didn't have a job that i was just gonna eat away all the money you know, on the road, and we wouldn't have enough money to buy land eventually. Uh, so that's one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons why we didn't do that. And I thought, well, if we're gonna do this, let's just let's just go do it. Let's just go buy land. Let's go pick a spot and just do it. You know, so it was like that was it. Did you already have the house? one and a half acres before you moved or did you move out to the Carolinas first and then buy something so we yeah so I bought our one and a half acres as a second home that's how I did it okay yep. because you know I couldn't just quit my job and then move to a different state and then get a mortgage because we still didn't I didn't still <laughs> right. have I didn't have like cash to buy it straight out I still had to. We still had to get a mortgage for it, uh, and so you know they weren't going to give us a, give me a mortgage for somebody who just moved to the state with no job. So I I bought it as a second home, 
Then I quit my job, and then we moved. <laughs> how long did you quit? How long after did you quit your job? Uh, it was probably six months. Okay, so it wasn't like the next day or anything. No, <laughs> I waited six months. <laughs> <laughs> And it worked out. That's the way to do it, I guess. Uh, one way of doing it. I didn't know how I Did you ever go out there? In between? No. I went out there once to no. to look at it. I did look at it. I didn't you know, I did look at it. Right. And then and then I said, Okay, this is the one and then we bought it. And then six months later we moved. Yeah. How long did it take you guys, Ben, to find your property? Because you you were out in the Carolinas for a while, weren't you? Looking for places? Yeah, I think we one? we had finished up our trip by, it was Christmas, I think is when we had decided. We were out in Arkansas, and we knew we wanted to come back to the Carolinas. So we uh, hightailed it back after Christmas, got here for New Year's, and basically from New Year's until... I think it was March was when we found this place. This place had been on our list of possible properties, and we just never went and looked at it, just ignored it. Because, you know, it was a mobile home. It was like, I don't want to live in a mobile home. And it wasn't until we were out this way looking at another property, and it was like, hey, let's just stop by and look at this one. And when we got here, it was like, kind of checks all the boxes. It's got everything we want. It's big enough to do yep. what we want. We can have animals. We can grow our food. It's got water. Uh, it's got outbuildings already here. So, yeah, um, it was. I think it was about three months before we uh, finally found this place. And we looked at a bunch of properties too. It's not too bad. Did you have a general area you were trying to stay in? We wanted to stay towards the mountains. Um, we really like the uh, the climate in the mountains. It's a lot cooler. And, you know, out here, we're kind of in the foothills. We're yep. out of the mountains. But we're happy with the climate here. It's, I mean, it's like 20 to 30 degrees cooler than where we came from in California at all times of the year. So it was kind of an adjustment. Uh, but, yeah, we... We we love the climate here, so we're we're pretty happy. Yeah, we like it too. I don't know if I could live anywhere where I don't. I don't I'm not crazy about snow. Yeah. No, come on. <laughs> I mean, you know, if it if it snows like once and then if it melts the next day, I'm good. Like that's good enough. <laughs> right. I mean, you guys get a lot our of winters snow. get long. Yeah, they get oh, long. Yeah. It's almost, I wouldn't say it's six months of winter, but it's six months of not growing food other than animals. But you're not going to, you can't grow, raise meat birds. You know, yeah. you got your, you won't, you won't be doing anything on pasture. You know, you get a lot of the, everything goes dormant in October. And then I think the worst is spring and mud season because it's like, oh, you think winter's over and then it's not. And then you'll get like a big dump in the snow in like March and then that'll melt and then you'll have mud season for like a month and then it just takes a while to warm up and we are what we can't plant until Memorial Day that's like our last frost date okay and that's usually when like the pastures are starting to green up but that that's the hard part is just waiting for springtime to come so you can get out and Start going in the garden and start getting the animals out and raising the meat birds and all that you kind have, of stuff. You have a greenhouse I at all? At the other property. We want to build one. But we're not we're not sure its size. So we might disassemble the old one, but Gina didn't like me watching me build it the first time, so she doesn't want to watch me take it apart and rebuild it again. <laughs> it was thirty two by forty eight and I think that I think it's like 20 feet high and we were doing it all on ladders and so we'll probably build it over there she'll just she'll just have to not watch well we the worst part is is because of our winters you got to have a big greenhouse like that so all the snow falls off the roof and doesn't cave in the greenhouse oh wow 
Was it heated? It's specifically designed for... No, we haven't heated it. We, if we heat it, we've thought about it, but we were told you the best way to heat a greenhouse is radiant heat, because you're only heating the soil, and you only got to heat the soil to, like, say, 40 or 50 degrees. So it's a lot more efficient to heat the soil versus heating the air. I see. Yeah. So it's stuff yeah, we thought about, but... I want to do a greenhouse here. I was thinking about doing it this winter. Probably not heated, but um, yep. some, something. How do you like your greenhouse, Ben? Uh, I go back and forth. Um, what we really wanted was <laughs> a, we, we really want a wallapini. Um, and this was just kind of like settling. This was the quick answer. Um, the farmer's friend greenhouses are pretty cheap. So it was like, oh, this is a good way to get our feet wet with the whole greenhouse thing. Putting it up is super simple. It's super easy. Um, I think the only thing that surprised me was this winter we had some like freakishly low, record low cold weather, and everything that I had out there just absolutely got blasted by this cold that we had in December. Like citrus, citrus got roasted. Um, like I knew it was going to get cold so I moved all the citrus out of the greenhouse into the shed and the shed even with a heat lamp in there on the citrus it all I mean it was yeah but as far as the greenhouse goes it's really it's really cool um there I'm noticing that I can grow stuff in there that likes heat and it'll grow a lot better than the stuff outside of the greenhouse like the peppers inside the greenhouse versus outside the greenhouse they already have fruit on them that kind of stuff um it's just really cool so you got like your ghost peppers and stuff like that growing in there i know you guys like your hot stuff i don't have any ghost peppers this year uh uh it's it's a lot of like kind of utility stuff this year we didn't i think i've only got one super hot pepper this year but yeah, ghost peppers are no fun. You, you touch those things, you don't even have to eat them. You just touch them and they'll burn you. So you got to wear like rubber gloves every time you're pruning your plant or anything. Yeah, pretty much. A mask. Uh, we had some, we had some peppers last year that you touch them and the oil gets on your skin and you don't notice it until you like scratch your nose or something and then it's like, why is my nose burning? And then you realize, oh, I was out there picking peppers. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a spice guy. No. I mean, oh, yeah. we love I, spice I only know too. like one oh, person from no, up north else that likes spicy food. Yeah. <laughs> you guys from California? It must be popular out there, the spicy food. I mean, well, Mexican yeah. food's kind of Mexican a big thing food. out there. <laughs> that was good, guys. So yeah, it's about an hour, so that's not too bad. No, it's fun. Not too bad. We're just talking. <laughs> All right, so we'll uh, we'll end this podcast here, and uh, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys uh, next week. <laughs>